0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the All Nets Are Off podcast. I'm Tom Eisenberg. Today is October 17th at 1 p.m. Pacific, just in case any news breaks that happens after this. So today we're going to go over the NBA over-unders because the season starts in two days. So I will go through all 30 teams and I will talk about Zion Williamson's surpr- quote-unquote surprise injury. Because it isn't, it isn't a surprise. And then Mikhail Bridges, he agreed to a contract extension. So maybe we'll talk a little about DeAndre Ayton as well. So Zion Williamson, I think on media day, David Griffin said how Zion, he either had surgery or he had some sort of injury, but he'll be back for the start of regular season. So people kind of like brushed it off. It was like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, it's not really news, but it was weird that they kept it a secret. And now, suddenly, a couple days ago, uh... I don't remember who reported it, but someone reported that Zion's actually going to miss at least another two or two and a half weeks, so he'll miss the beginning of the regular season and he will get reevaluated. so it's not even like that's his timetable for return necessarily, right? He could be back in early November, but who knows with Zion. I remember his rookie year, he was supposed to come back pretty early in the season, I think. I thought he was supposed to only miss a couple weeks. And he didn't come back till like, late January. So who knows with Zion. Like, I don't know if it's his weight, or if he isn't or is doing something in the offseason. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. But what we do know so far is through three seasons in his career, last year he was very healthy, up until the very end. He missed a handful of games. Like, he played almost every game. But he's had a couple of injuries. I, I do think that they're unrelated, I don't think that Zion is injury prone, I'm not going to give him that label, because of how healthy he was last year, these things seem fluky to me, but it's not good that it keeps happening, and I heard a rumor, a rumor that said that the reason that uh, Zion keeps getting injured is because he's, like, not taking care of himself on purpose, because he doesn't want to be in New Orleans, because, you know, if you watch Media Day, and Zion was like, oh, I love New Orleans, I really want to be here, and it sounded like, so fake, you know, like, you could tell by his body language and stuff that he was absolutely lying, Zion does not want to be there, like, there's way too much smoke around it for it not to be true, so New Orleans is in trouble, like, they couldn't make the plan last year when they were healthy, and now it's, like, gonna be Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valanciunas and Devontae Graham and whatever they can get out of uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker until Zion comes back. Which, again, could be really soon, but I have no idea. With Zion, I don't really trust any timeline. So, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this when we get to the over-under. Next is uh, the Phoenix Suns and extensions. So, like we talked about before, they do not want to give DeAndre Ayton the max because he's not worth the max. And I thought that they didn't want to give him the max partially because Mikael Bridges was going to want a ton of money as well. I thought Mikael Bridges would get, you know, 4 for 120, something like that, which would have been an overpay, but, like, it's probably what his market would have demanded, but somehow, the Phoenix Suns got Mikael Bridges on 4 for 90, like, how? 22, like, Mikael Bridges, right now, is better than Michael Porter Jr., he just is, I, I don't care what anyone says, he is a better basketball player than Michael Porter Jr. at this moment, now, he doesn't have the same ceiling as Michael Porter Jr., with some skills, and I thought this is that MPJ has, that Bridges, Probably will never have, but I'd rather have Bridges at 22 million a year than MPJ at what is like 33 million a year or something. That is a steal of a deal, good for the Suns. I'm happy for them, sort of. And now there's not really an excuse to not give eight in the max. Like, I know he's not worth it, but you don't want to piss off your number one pick. Like, what if he takes the qualifying offer? Unlikely, but what if he signs like with someone else, you know? And then you'll have to like match, and you know, he'll probably leave at the end of that contract. If you just give him the max right now, right, maybe he'll be, like, a Suns lifer. I don't know. You don't want him to leave. Like, are you going to get a better center? Your backup right now is JaVale McGee. Like, if DeAndre Aiden theoretically left the Suns, you know, you don't really have cap space either because you got Chris Paul on the books, Devin Booker on the books, Mikael Bridges. So you really can't take those kind of risks, even though Aiden really isn't worth the max from what we've seen so far. Is he really good? Yes. But, like I said, is he one of those, like, top, top bigs? No. So... But I'm not going to complain about this more. Let's get into the over-unders, the reason you guys are all here. Uh, we're just going to go in alphabetical order on FanDuel because that's the order they have it in. I would have loved to go by division, but I'm not going to like manually search that. So first we have the Atlanta Hawks, whose over-under is 47.5. Last season, the Hawks won 41 games in a shortened season. Their win percentage was 57%. Let me do a quick calculation to see what that translates to in an 82-game season. 0.57 times 82 is 46 wins. So, basically, if you pick the over on this, you're banking on them to just be slightly better, at least slightly better than last year, and then the under you're banking on, I guess, injuries or something. Because last year, the reason the Hawks were only 41-31 and is because they got off to a really slow start. If I recall correctly, they started off 14-20. and With uh, Lloyd Pierce, the guy who I was clamoring for him to get fired all season long. And he eventually did, thank God. because And it showed, because immediately after, they went 27-11 and 11 with Nate McMillan. Yes, it started 14-20 and, and then 27-11. 27-11 and, 11. 27 and 11 is a 71 win percentage. That is a 58 win pace. Not, I, I don't think they're going to win 58 games, but... This is, this is honestly a lock to go over. I just don't see how the Hawks don't do at least as good as last year when they don't have Lloyd Pierce. And they had hella injuries last year. And they're a young team. So most of those players are going to be getting better. So that's a lock for me. Hawks over. Next team, Boston Celtics, 46 and a half. Last season, the Celtics were 500. They went 36 and 36. And they had a lot of issues with COVID and injuries, and Kemba Walker was garbage. He was just garbage for them. And now, they replaced him with Dennis Schroeder. They have Al Horford. Um, They have Jaw. Jo- no, did they trade Josh Richardson? Or do they have Josh? Oh, no, they have Josh Richardson now. I keep forgetting. He's been moving around so much. Looking at the roster right now. They got Enos Kanter back. Uh, we'll see if Robert Williams can finally stay healthy. I doubt it, but I really like him. I think he's really good, and his contract is like super interesting. What was his contract again? Like it was like not super guaranteed. I think. Um, yeah, it's ten million a year. It's ten point seven, then eleven point five, twelve point four, thirteen point two. It's a really good contract because it kind of weighs in the injury risk that he has. But then, like, he is not injured. Like, he's gonna be awesome, and it's a great deal so i think the boston celtics over under that's so hard because they're they're gonna be healthier than last year almost for sure i was gonna say they're not gonna deal with as much covid but jalen brown and al horford are already in COVID protocols and the season hasn't started yet so i'll just say under um i don't think it's gonna be like a hard under like they're not gonna be 500 again but they'll probably hover between 43 and 45 maybe 46 wins Like, would it shock me if they were better than this over-under? No. But if I have to pick one, I'm going to go under just because I don't trust this COVID stuff. Like, for some reason, they keep getting it. I don't know what it is about the team or the area or what, but I can't bank on that. Also, I don't love their depth, which hurts in case this COVID stuff happens. Like, yeah, I love Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Those guys are good. Like, that alone is going to get them almost to this. And then, you know, Robert Williams, if he's healthy, he's great. Dennis Schroeder, I don't know how he fits on that team, but he's good, especially for his contract. I like Marcus Smart, but I'll say under just because I'm hesitant, you know? I don't want to say over for like every team, and I feel like I've got a lot of overs. Next up, the Brooklyn Nets, their over-under is 55 and a half. I feel like it used to be higher, but regardless, right now it's 55 and a half. The biggest story with the Nets, obviously, is Kyrie and how I honestly don't expect him to play at all this season, and because I don't think he's going to play at all. James Harden basically never gets injured. I know he got injured last year, but, like, I, that's probably never gonna happen again. And Durant is, you know, iffy. So, I'm gonna say over. Like, I, I would have had him as a lock before this vaccine Kyrie stuff, but James Harden generally is good for 55 wins. So, and have got, like, good shooters and stuff. I think it'll be over. Like, could it be under if there's injuries? Sure, but if James Harden... doesn't really matter how much what Kevin Durant does. If James Harden plays 70-plus games, and Durant plays... Thirty plus games, like they're they're getting this over. I think I think this is pretty clear cut and dry. They're still the, they're the favorites to win the title if Kyrie comes back. Uh, they're probably still the favorites anyway, but without Kyrie, like I don't I don't think it's like a lock. But with Kyrie, I, I would have had him as a lock to win the title if healthy, obviously. uh Next we got the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, I didn't tell you how the Nets did last year. I guess they went forty-eight and twenty-four. They won two-thirds of their games. Uh, which in a 82 game season is a 54 almost 55 win pace and they had an unreal amount of injuries so again over seems pretty easy charlotte hornets their over under is 38 and a half last season the charlotte hornets went 33 and 39 and 33 and 39 in an 82 game season is 37 and a half wins it's like wow Really getting it, like, right on the money there. So this one is basically banking on Lamelo ball improvement and also starting the whole season because in the beginning of the year, he came off the bench for Devontae, who sucks, and Gordon Hayward got injured again. Um, Gordon Hayward will probably get injured again. I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend like that's not going to happen. But Lamelo should get better, and the whole team is young. They actually, actually have a center now. It's not Cody Zeller. Mason Plumlee is, like, a legit starting caliber center. Uh, I'm going to go over. I just think the team is better just for that stuff alone, you know, and maybe Haywood will be healthy, I don't know, probably not, but there's a chance, so with all those things in mind, also LaMelo got injured for them last year too, there were so many injuries last year, last year sucked ass, yeah, I'm gonna go over again, there's gonna be a lot of overs, probably too many, you know, are the Hornets gonna be a top six seed? No, but I think they can win more than 39 games, or 39 or more games. Next up, the Chicago Bulls, this one's also really hard. This one's at 43 and a half, and I've thought about this one a lot. Last year, they went 31 and 41, and they were honestly really disappointing, especially after they got Vucevic, because Vucevic was supposed to be, like, what pushed them over the top, but he just made their defense awful, because his defense sucks. Like, they were on a 35-win pace last year, but they did add Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Debar DeRozan, and they'll have, you know, the full season of Vuce now, so they just like a handful of games. And also Levine, he went into protocols or something, too. So there was a lot of mess there. So all they really need to do is win, because the 31-41 is a 35-1 pace. They need to win nine more games. Do I think they add enough to win nine more games? Probably. Probably. But again, I don't know how this fits. I don't know if their defense is going to hold up with Vucevic at center and also DeRozan on the court. Levine is, ah. Eh. So, ah, man, that is so hard. I'm going to go under. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to go under because, again, like, the Bulls just find a way to disappoint. They're always like, oh, they're going to be... Again, I think they're going to make, at the very least, a play-in. Like, last year, they were the 11th seed. There's no way they're not a top-10 seed this year, especially because uh, there's a team... Or two, but there's, there's one main team I'm eyeing right now that is definitely not going to make the play-in, in my opinion. That wasn't the play-in last year. Uh, but we'll get to them later. So, Bulls under 43-and-a-half. That is my verdict. But I do think they will have Levine as an all-star and probably Vooch, because, you know, the East... Next up, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Over. I, you don't even need, I, I don't even need to see the over-under. I'm saying over. It's 27.5. I'm sticking with it. This is a 30-something win team, I think. Last year, they were 22-50. and 50. I'm super high on Evan Mobley. Uh, wait, what's 22-50? and 50? God, I hate doing this stupid adjustment every single fucking time. Like, that was a 31% win percentage in an 82 game. It's 25 wins. Yeah. So, you got to win three more games. Um, I'm a high on Evan Mobley. They'll have a full season of Jarrett Allen. Um, you know, maybe maybe they'll trade Colin Sexton. That would help. And maybe they'll play Kevin Loveless. I don't know, things like that. Like, I just, I like the Cavs. I liked them last year. I'm saying over. I think they're going to be a fun team. Or they're not going to be a good team, but all they, got, they don't even need to win 30 games to beat this over-under. And I think this team has enough talent to win 30, 33 games. Dallas Mavericks, 48 and a half. I feel like this has been their over-under the past like four or five years or something ever since they got luca like after his rookie year like three years or whatever and they've never won 50 games last year they started off really slow but then they kind of like cruised at the end and hopped into that sixth seed i think the five seed they hopped to the five seed uh 42 and 30 58 win percentage which translates to 47 wins almost 48 wins and I think this year, right, Luca will come in in shape. I think Porzingis will have a better year. Um, that's really the only thing that's different. Oh, but the, I almost forgot. They have Jason Kitts and Rick Carlisle now. If they still had Rick Carlisle, I would say over, easily. But I think they went from a top five coach in the league to the worst coach in the league. That's right. Even worse than Luke Walton. Even worse than Luke Walton. Because, yeah, Scott Brooks and Lloyd Pierce got fired. So the coach, coaching has gotten a little bit better in the season. He has not even started yet, but just the, the elimination of those two just helps. But they did bring in Jason Kidd, so uh, I'm going to say under just for that alone. I think Jason Kidd is like that bad of a coach that they're gonna they're gonna be under 40 and a half wins. I don't need any other reasons. Next up, the Denver Nuggets. Their over under is 47 and a half. Last season, the Nuggets won 47 games in a 72 game season. Uh, they did have Jamal Murray most of the season, so they won at a 53 win pace in a normal year, and they think they'll drop off a little bit. And honestly, for the regular season, I don't think Jamal Murray is that important to the Denver Nuggets. Hot take, I know. But Jamal Murray, last year was his first regular season where he was, like, really good. Before, he'd had like, these really disappointing regular seasons where it's like, oh. And then the playoffs, it's like, oh, wow, he's so good. Like, his second year in the league, or his third year in the league, he averaged 18 points per game in the regular season on 43% from the field, 36% from three, 84% from the line. And then in the playoffs, he brought that up to 21 a game. Wow, it really felt like it was more. But he averaged 21 a game, and it was like, oh, Jamal Murray breakout party. And then 2019, the next season, or 2020, the next season, 18 points per game in regular season again, 45% from the field, 34% from three, 88% from the line. So that was disappointing. But then in the playoffs, he comes back, and he goes off. And he averaged 27 a game on 50, 45, 90 splits, and he was amazing. And you expect him to be amazing in the regular season. And he had his best regular season yet. It was the first time he was like literally, like not literally, legitimately All Star caliber. Um, but he was in the West, so he didn't make it. He averaged twenty one points per game, forty eight percent from the field, forty one percent from three, and eighty seven percent from the line, and played the best defense of his career so far. But then he tore his ACL. I always mix up ACL and Achilles. Forgive me. I every single I get it wrong every time because they both just have the the letters AC and L, and I don't know. It kind of fucks me up. Anyway. So, Joel Murray got injured, and he's going to miss most of this season. He'll be back for the playoffs, but I don't think, because of how disappointing his regular seasons always are for his standard, I think that Monte Morris will be fine, like, in his place. So, I think the Nuggets will be about the same in the regular season. I don't think they'll lose too much, especially if Michael Porter Jr. develops anything and they'll have a full season of Aaron Gordon. So, I'm actually going to say over for the Denver Nuggets. Like, I think this over-under is just too low. You know in the playoffs yeah they're not they're not gonna do anything without them. like last year where they struggled to beat Portland and they got stopped by the Suns this year and just in the regular season I think they can win 50 games with just the Oakage. he's that nice Detroit their over under is 25 and a half now the big thing with this one is last year they were I think they, yeah they were the second worst team in the league they won 20 games which is equivalent in an 82 game season to, drumroll please, 22 wins. Do I think that they will be better this year than last year? Yes. It's almost impossible for them to be worse. But how much better? They're going to have Isaiah Stewart at center now after another year of development. They brought in Kelly Olenek, who I really like. And the big thing is another year of development for Kay- Kelly- Killian Hayes, who hopefully won't get injured, and Kate Cunningham. I have no idea what to expect from Cade Cunningham. I don't watch college basketball. I don't know how good he's going to be. But if Cade Cunningham lives up to the hype as a number one pick, they will easily cruise past this. But, you know, if he plays like a, you know, your regular rookie, they won't. So I'll just bank all my hopes on Cade. And I'm going to say over. Why not? It's not that many more wins, you know? They just only have to win 26. Like, I think they can do it, you know? Like, Cade, the hype around him was so great. Like, he just feels like one of those, like, borderline all-star rookies. Like, he'll average, like, 25-5 and or something. You know, I have no idea if that's true because I barely know anything about Cade, but I'm just going to bank my hopes on him. It's not my money. So I'm going over. Golden State Warriors. their over under is 47 and a half and I'm going over like this one is super easy. Last year, they with Steph Curry on the court, they were winning on like a 50 something win pay. I don't remember. I think they went like 37 and 26 with Steph Curry. I correct me if I'm wrong. Wow, well, just don't want to correct me. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they won at a like a 48 win pace with Steph Curry, but then like without him, they lost almost every game. So they ended up going only 39 to 33, which is only 44 wins. And they'll have Clay for the second half of the year. Jordan Pools looked good, so maybe he'll develop more, or he he will develop more. Maybe he'll be like you know a better contributor, a more a more positive because he was a positive contributor last year. They'll have what it want kind of Anderson on the guaranteed deal for the full year. I just, unless Steph Curry gets hurt, I just can't see how they don't meet this over under. Like, this is really low. So I'm going easy over. Houston Rockets, 25 and a half. I'm going to go under. Like, their team is mostly rookies. Unlike Christian Wood, who will probably get traded. You know, the team just sucks. Like, let's look through this roster real quick and let's see how many names you recognize um, it's not, it's probably not gonna look good, this is one of the bottom three or four worst rosters in basketball, they've got Sengun, who's supposed to be promising, Jayshon Tate, Armani Brooks, John Wall, who's not gonna play for them and get traded, uh, David Nawaba, DJ Augustine, Marcus Foster, I don't know who that is, uh, Eric Gordon, Usman Garuba, I like him, but again, rookie, Kenyon Martin Jr., Kevin Porter Jr., I like him, Daishan Nix, I don't know who that is, Jalen Green, again, he's like the second overall pick, but he's a rookie, like, I know I give a lot of credit to Kate Cunningham, but that one was, like, a really low over-under. And there's, like, more talent on that team. Here, there's, like, nothing. I mean, Daniel House, or Daniel House, he, I think he's probably gonna get moved. Uh, Daniel Tice, like, he's fine. And then you got Christian Wood. They have money Brooks here listed again. They have money Brooks listed twice. That's weird. Yeah, and then another rookie in Josh Christopher. Like, this is this just not good. I know it was just, like, a list of names, but... Because I, I hate when people tweet that they'll be like, "No one's gonna stop this." And they just list off a bunch of names. it's always with the Knicks. They'll be like Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, Kemba Walker, uh, Evan Fournier. Who's stopping this, right? And like that's just names on the paper, you know. Not even like necessarily good names, you know. Not like you're na- listing off a bunch of Hall of Famers, uh, but I just list, basically just listed names. So that doesn't really prove anything. But again, most of these players are rookies or they're second year pros, and none of them have had, like, have been really positive contributors. So, I just, I don't see how the Houston Rockets win. What was it over under again? I think it was also 25 and a half. Yeah, it was. It was the same as the Pistons now. The Pistons are playing the East. Like, the Houston Rockets play in the West, where every team except maybe OKC is better than them. At least Detroit has a chance to, like, you know, beat Orlando a couple times, or, you know, catch one of those Philly games where Embiid isn't playing. Stuff like that. So I'm going to go under for the Houston Rockets. The Indiana Pacers. Every year I get this wrong. I keep flip-flopping back and forth. And I'm literally always wrong. I think last year I was really high on them. And I had them over. And then they were really injured and disappointed me. I'm totally off the Sabonis train. He's a good fantasy basketball player. But otherwise, like, no. Absolutely not. Sabonis just ain't it. He's, he's kind of a black hole. He doesn't play defense. I, I already it about. Malcolm Brogdon's injured to start the season, so that's great. Like we don't know when TJ Warren is coming back. I think Karis Levert's ready to go, but see, so relying on Karis Levert and Sabonis to carry you to start of the season, like I'm sorry, I'm going under. I don't think this team is going to be 500. What were they last year? I think they were definitely under. They were 34 and 38. I don't even know how they got that far. This is this seems like a clear under to me. If they were fully healthy, I'd probably say over because I like the roster. Like, Brockton, Levert, Warren, Sabonis, Turner, that's a good starting five, and they have pretty good depth, I love TJ McConnell, but, I don't know, like, what are they good at? Are they an elite offensive team? No. Are they a good defensive team? Sort of, with Miles Turner, but, like, not nothing crazy. Like, last year, um, where is the, oh, I'm on the wrong page, sorry, uh, 2022 NBA, Season stats or twenty twenty-one. Let's see where they ranked on offense and defense. Because I'm pretty sure they were below average in both. Like I just don't think they were like anything special. That's a problem with the Pacers. Like I don't I don't know what their identity is. Their lineup, while it's full of good players, like they don't really fit together. So let's see. On offense, the Indiana Pacers ranked fourteenth. And on defense they ranked 13th you know so they were like barely above average in both of those they're not really good like they're not bad at anything but they're not like good at anything either i'm going under this feels like a 500 team maybe maybe worse clippers 45 and a half over under i'm going under you're relying on basically paul george and a bunch of role players like even if paul george is healthy like i don't really think you're going to meet this like the team is paul george marcus morris Reggie Jackson, who there's no way he plays as good as he did in the playoffs last year. He literally, last year in the playoffs, Reggie Jackson played better than Dwayne Wade in the 2013 NBA playoffs. It doesn't even sound it doesn't it sounds fake, but look it up. You can look at Reggie Jackson's stats from last year's playoffs and you can look at um Dwayne Wade's stats from the twenty thirteen NBA Finals run that they won. And that just goes to show how good LeBron is. But like, you look at this roster, and how many players do you really- And they made that stupid trade for Eric Bledsoe. So you've got Reggie Jackson, who's gonna be, like, his normal, like, mediocre self. Luke Kennard, who can't do anything but shoot, and kind to pass. Bledsoe, who sucks. Nick Batum, who was actually really good for them. I liked him. Um, he's definitely getting paid under the table. There's no way he accepted a minimum deal. Like, that's bullshit. To save with the Clippers without quite. Fuck that. He's getting paid under the table. Um, but he's solid. Keon Johnson, he's a rookie. Terrence Mann, super overrated. But, like, he's solid. Um... Justice Winslow, he'll probably play, like, five games this year. Zubats I like. Brandon Boston Jr. is a rookie. Marcus Morris is old, but he's solid. Uh, Ibaka, I don't know if he's going to be healthy. And Paul George. Kawhi's not playing. So, like, I don't see this team, you know, doing good. Will they make the play-in? Probably. They'll probably be, like, the 10th seed. Last year, the 10th seed was below 500. I don't know if they'll be below 500, but they're not winning 46 games. I'm going under like you're going to call me, you can call me biased but I really just don't see them winning that many games cuz also they're not going to shoot that well from 3 again. They shot like 42% from 3 as a team. That's unreal. Like they're not doing that again. That is that was so fake. Next, the Lakers 52 and a half over under. Originally before preseason, this is going to sound dumb, so dumb. But before preseason I had them as a lock for this over because it was like, oh, you have LeBron and AD healthy, like, and you also add Westbrook, like, in the regular season, like, that's just gonna help. So, easy over. But, with how, I didn't really think about the roster turnover and how, like, the chemistry is just not there yet, you know? None of them are used to playing with each other other than, like, LeBron, AD, Dwight, and Talon, and Rondo, I guess, but he's not really gonna play. So that stuff's all new, and they already have a ton of injuries. Talon Horton-Tucker, injured. Kendrick Nunn, injured. Malik Monk injured, Taylor, uh, I said him, Trevor Ariza, injured, and Wayne Ellington, I think he'll be back for opening night, but he's kind of injured, so you're missing a lot of role players already, so you're relying on, like, DeAndre Jordan, who's awful, and Carmelo Anthony, who's, he's not awful, but he's, he's, like, he's pretty washed, so I'm still gonna say over, because I, I just think LeBron and Anthony Davis on the court is, like, so good, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it's a lock, I don't think it's gonna be, like, I don't think they're going to win like 60 games like I did before. They might win like 54, 55. But yeah, it's like a slight over this time. They're actually favored to go under on Vandal. They're minus 122 to go under compared to plus 100 to go over, which is interesting. Usually you're they're favored in both. It's not that big of a difference. Anyway, uh the Memphis Grizzlies, their over/unders at 41 and a half. Last season, the Grizzlies went 38 and 34. And they didn't really have Jaron Jackson Jr. at all. John Morant missed a lot of time. They did lose Jonas Valanciunas and replaced him with Steven Adams, which I hate. I absolutely hate uh, because I think Steven Adams sucks and Westbrook just made him look good. And Valanciunas is, like, actually a good center. But that alone isn't enough to make me go under on this because, again, a full season of Jaron Jackson Jr., who's been really impactful for them, and, you know, their team is mostly young players. So the development of John Morant, development of D'Anthony Melton, Desmond Bain... I think they're going to be over. I think this one's pretty clear. They'll have to be really injured to go under. Like, the Steven Adams thing isn't going to make that big of a difference. At least, I don't think. Miami Heat, their over-under is 48.5. This one's hard to judge because, while yes, the team is obviously better than last year because you got Lowry and Tucker and Morris, but they're an older team, and you wonder how hard they're going to go in the regular season. But they did not have a lot of COVID issues last year. Uh, what did they do last year? Last year, they went 40 and 32, which is probably about like 46 wins in an 82-game season. Let me check. That's 55%. Um, Yeah, 45 and a half wins. So they barely need to be better, and I can't imagine they're going to have as many issues as they had last year. Like, that team was just a mess. So I'm going to go over, even though I'm hesitant about how hard they're going to try in the regular season. I will go over just because of the health difference that's that's gonna be a theme here where last year so many teams were so injured so if they're really close to their over-unders they just need to be slightly healthier to get those like the bucks their over-under is 54 and a half they actually weren't really injured last year uh but last year they just kind of had a disappointing year probably because like the dude drew holiday edition they had to get used to i honestly don't remember what the problem with the bucks was i think it was because they were doing more experimental stuff like with Budenholzer, usually like he just has like that one system that works in the regular season and fails in the playoffs. And last year he didn't do that, which is what helped them in the playoffs. But again, yeah, they wanted a 52 win pace. Again, that run was a fluke. Like they just got lucky with injuries. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it over and over again because it's true. Like, if every team is healthy in the playoffs, the Milwaukee Bucks lose in the second round, and it's facts, they lose in like five games. So, but that doesn't matter for this. Overrun is 54 and a half. Again, they'll probably be healthy. They have Giannis. They just won the championship, like, over. I don't know. I don't really see why they'd be under. Like, <laughs> unless unless that Giannis knee thing is still bugging him. I've heard that it is. And so unless it costs him to miss more time, they'll be fine. So I guess we'll see. That's actually why I didn't draft him in fantasy. I had the first overall pick, and I took Jokic instead of Giannis, because I was kind of worried about that knee thing. Like, he'll probably be fine, but just the fact that it's there at all has me, like, a little weary. But I'm still going over because, again, I don't think it's going to come up. But it might. Minnesota Timberwolves, ah, they're over is in, like, that sweet spot where it's like, hmm, I don't know what to do. Because originally, I thought it was, like, 33 and a half. And at that 33 and a half, easy over. Because I, I think the Timberwolves will be good. I think they'll win between 34 and 38 games and be a play-in team or at least close to it. But at 35 and a half, it's a little tougher. I'll still go over. One of my bold predictions was the Timberwolves would be good. So, I have to go all in on there. And I'm going to go over, you know, hopefully a full season of Cat. You finally get Cat, D'Lo, and Edwards playing together consistently. Hopefully. Because last year, they didn't really play that many games together. And they did pretty good with Chris Finch once he did that coaching switch. Um, Let me find the record with them. Last year, they only won 23 games total. But they won 16 games with Chris Finch. Like, 7-24 with Ryan Saunders, 16-25 with Chris Finch. That, that's a big improvement. So, I think they can do it. I think they can win, like, 30, up to 38 games. So, give me the over on the Timberwolves. New Orleans Pelicans, under, their over under is 38 and a half. Last year, they won 31 games, 43% clip. So, 43% of an 82-game season is 35 wins. And... They were so healthy last year, and their roster is worse. They replaced Lonzo with Devontae Graham, which is a huge downgrade. They did upgrade from Steven Adams to Valanciunas, but I think the Lonzo-Graham thing is worse. Plus, combined with the fact that Zion Williamson's already injured, and last year he was mostly healthy. So, and he's their best player. Like, there's just no, there's no fucking chance. They did get a new coach. I forgot who it is. Oh my god, it's Willie Green. Willie Green. And... You know, will he be as better than Sam Van Gundy? I don't know. I think this is his first coaching gig ever, isn't it? I think it is. Let me, let me check his Wikipedia. Or not his Wikipedia. His, um... Yep, this is the first time he's ever coached in the NBA level. How good a rookie head coach is? Eh, hard to say. But again, the roster isn't really, like, that forgiving either. This is an easy under. I can't believe their over-under is this high. People are really banking on Zion. New York Knicks, 41 and a half. Last year, they won 42 games. And the roster is better this year. Like, yes, I think some of what they did is a little unsustainable. Like, their defense and their shooting. But the roster, like, improved a lot. So, they don't need to, like... As long as they don't take, like, major steps back, like, regression-wise, they'll be better. So, I'm going to go over. I can't see them being under 500. They play too hard, and the roster has too much talent to be under 500. Oklahoma City Thunder, their over-under is 22 and a half. This roster is so bad. Last year, they were actually doing really good to start. Like, I had them as a clear under. I was like, this roster is horrible. But they would just not stop winning games. Like, they were, let me see, before they went on that crazy losing streak, they were 20 and 27. Like, how were they 20 and 27? They were 19 and 24. Like, that's, that's almost decent, you know? And after starting 19 and 24, they went 3 and 26. You know, they will do whatever it takes to tank. Like, they were 20 and 27, and they went 2 and 23. That's so bad. And I just know OKC okay, will do it again. Like, if they're winning too much, they will just sit everyone and tank it out. So I'm going under. Like, they're not going to let the team win that many games. It's just not happening. Orlando, 22.5. I'm going under. Their best player, Jonathan Isaac, isn't available yet, and he won't be available for months. Markel Fultz also isn't available yet, and he won't be available for months. So you're really reliant on Jalen Suggs to carry you, and Wendell Carter. Terrence Ross will probably be traded before the new year. Like, this this is is probably the worst roster in basketball. Like, literally. I I could do the reading off the roster name again, but that, that was kind of a stupid exercise. Philadelphia, oh boy, talk about a challenge, Fifty and a half over under, is Ben Simmons going to ever play for them, I don't know, but I think Joel Embiid is good enough to get them 50 wins, you know, if he's just like moderately healthy, I think that they'll win 50 games, so I'm going to go over, but it's tough, because you know, he's never really healthy, and I don't think he'll ever have a season as good as last year, you know, it was just so much better than his other years, like, I just... I don't really expect it again. doesn't mean it's impossible, but I still think over because I just think Embiid is that nice. Um, Doc Rivers is a good regular season coach and they've got good role players. You know, Tyrese Max, he's going to be another year better. Seth Curry, one of the best shooters in the league. Danny Green, he's, you know, relatively reliable as the 3D wing. And Tobias Harris, you know, he gives you a scoring punch. And Andre Drummond as a backup center, like, I think he's like really bad, but as a backup center, like, he's fine. So, even if Embiid is hurt, like, you know, it's not like you're trotting out uh, Mike Scott at center, or DeAndre Jordan at center, or DeAndre Jordan at center, you know, or DeAndre Jordan at center. Again, like, you know, some of the worst centers in the league, but Drummond is, he's, he's pretty trash still. Like, as a starting center, like, he's trash. So, yeah, over for the Sixers, just because of Embiid. Phoenix Suns over under fifty one and a half. and a half. Um, This one feels stupid, because they won 51 games last year in a shorter season, and it's like, yeah, they were, like, abnormally healthy, and it's like, are you banking on that again, and I'm looking at their team, and yes, they actually also have a backup center now, so, you know, will they be as healthy? No, no way, like, they'll probably have, like, slightly more injuries, but it doesn't matter, like, this over-under is stupid, it's... Literally the same as last year in a short like I don't I don't understand it. There's just no way the Suns don't make this over. I'm sorry, this is dumb. Portland 44 and a half. Um under Portland's not that good. Like, what do they see? Oh, they did get Larry nance which I like. But mm, actually. (sighs) No, actually what am I talking about? Over. They almost won this many games last year in a shortened season. And CJ mccullough missed a lot of time. He was in the middle of his best season yet. So, I'm, I'm thinking he'll have a career year this year, CJ McCollum. Maybe they'll have a full season of Nurkic. They have Larry Nance now, who is just a huge upgrade over Derek Jones Jr. So, now, even if uh, Nurkic misses time, you can go small. A Full season of Norman Powell. Yeah, how did I say under? What is wrong with me? It's probably just banking on, like, Damian Littler by requesting a trade or something. They're going to be over. Like, he's not going to request a trade midseason. You know? If he's going to do it, he'll just probably wait until the summer. See how they do in the playoffs. Sacramento Kings, 36 and a half. Ooh, that's tough because I think last year they won 31 games, which I think is th- equivalent to 35 games in an 82-game season. So will the Kings be a little bit better than last year? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say under because I've been saying a lot of overs. Somebody has to be under, and the Kings didn't really do anything that makes me think that they'll be better. Like, they're young, and so they should improve, but like, Eh. I, I just don't see it. I'm going under. Fuck the Kings. San Antonio Spurs, 29 and a half. This roster stinks. <laughs> I say it over and over again for these bad teams, but this roster fucking sucks. It's like, yeah, you've got Greg Popovich, but I, I don't care who's coaching. Like, the roster just can't do anything. Like, what what is this team going to do? I'm going to do that thing where I read off names again. I'm sorry. I'm just going to do it again. And let's see how many above average players they have. Also, like, they have no incentive to win, because their, like, best-case scenario is still, is, like, what? Losing in the play-in? Um, they lost DeRozan, who was, like, their main, like, score playmaker. I'm not a huge DeRozan guy, but, like, that does hurt. So, let's see. You've got Zach Collins, who, he's, a, he's just a question mark. I don't know what to make of him. He's been so injured. They overpaid him, but who knows. Jakob Pertle he's good. He's a good starting center. Um, rookie Denzel Mahoney, never heard of you. DeJounte Murray, I like him a lot. He's a great point guard but he's not someone who's, like, gonna carry... you. Like, De'Aaron Fox is way better than him, and the Kings still, like, don't do shit. So I don't really think you're gonna win 30 games being led by De'Jounte Murray, especially when he's the best player on your roster. Like, then you have Josh Primo, rookie. People have been saying, that like, he was drafted way too high. I don't know. But regardless, he's a rookie, so I'm not banking on him. Um, unless you're, like, one of those, like, generational number one picks, I'm generally not gonna, like, put any stock into you as a rookie. Trey Jones, like... Second-year pro, I don't... I haven't really seen anything from you. Lonnie Walker, I like, but again, like, he's not, like, a starting caliber player. And he might actually be asked to start with how much time Derek White misses. So, yeah, you've got Derek White, too. Again, he's a solid starting shooting guard, but nothing crazy. You're, like, a backcourt is Dante Murray and Derek White is fine if your front court is LeBron and Anthony Davis or, like, Chris Middleton and Giannis or something, but... Your front court here is who? Keldon Johnson as an undersized small forward. I like him a lot, but he's like six foot five and he's expected to, like rebound for you and defend big wings and he just can't do that. And then you got Jakob Pertl, who again, he's like a solid starting center, but on offense he provides like nothing. And then who's your power for? Doug McDermott? Like this team just screams mediocre. I think it'll be even worse than that. I love Thad Young, but I think he's gonna get traded. Same with Alfa Rukabino. There's, there's like these vets that just have no place on this team. This team is so young. If you look at experience on this team, you have three players who've been in the league more than five years. Three. And one of them has played in the league only seven years. So like it's, it's a very, very young team. And young teams generally don't play well. So give me the under. Toronto Raptors over under 36 and a half. And last year, they went 27 and 45, but they were playing in Tampa and they were really injured and they had a lot of COVID stuff. Now they did lose Kyle Lowry. Uh, Like obviously they had Kyle Lowry. I think this would be a clear over just for all those factors I mentioned. They still have Nick Nurse, who is an awesome coach. And Pascal Siakam, he's also already injured. Like I think he's, yeah, they won at a 31 win pace last year. Like he's already going to be out a couple weeks. So it's really hard for me to say over. But I'm going to say over anyway. I just feel like OG and Anobi, he's going to have a career year. I think Siakam, he'll be better because Lowry won't be in his way. I feel like they kind of clashed. Fred VanVleet, he's still an awesome point guard. Again, you have one of the best coaches in the league. And you'll actually get to play at home. Like, no more of this playing in Tampa with this unfamiliarity and COVID and all that stuff. So I'm going to say over. This one is probably like the biggest jump. From like their last year's win total versus what they're expected this year, it's like a nine win difference. No, it's like a six win difference, which isn't huge actually, but it, it feels big because the Raptors were just so bad last year, and they were like trying at first. So that's that's part of it. So yeah, give me the over on Toronto. I didn't really make sense at the end there. Utah Jazz over under fifty three and a half. They won fifty two games last year. You could make that Suns argument that I made the Suns a few minutes ago but honestly I think the Jazz are probably just gonna be so disappointed with the regular season that they'll underperform I don't think they're gonna shoot nearly as well they were also stu- stupid healthy for the most part which they probably won't be again I like that they're season and the roster is like fine like they're gonna win 50 plus games they'll probably honestly they'll probably hit the over on this but I just really don't like the Jazz and I think they're overrated as fuck so I'm going to pick under, just because I think that maybe, maybe they will realize that they're frauds and they won't win as many games. I don't know. Wizards. This is the team I was talking about. They are not making the plan this year. This is probably the most overrated team in basketball, to be honest. I've been seeing so much Wizards love. It's like, wow, they replaced Westbrook with Spencer Dinwiddie and Kuzma and Montrezl Harrell and KCP. This is, uh, you know, they're going to win 42 games. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, no, they're absolutely not going to win 42 games. Last year, they were barely below 500, you know, with pretty healthy Bradley Beal and not healthy Westbrook, but Westbrook, at the very end of the season, carried them to the play-in when they were really struggling, partially because of him, because, you know, early in the season, he was absolutely terrible. They wanted a 38-win pace last year, and there is just no chance they're touching that. Like... They're they're just no. They're they're gonna obviously be worse. And this over under proves it. Like Vegas is really good about this stuff. And if the people if Vegas thought that the Wizards would be close to as good as they were last year, the over under would be like thirty eight and a half, thirty seven and a half. The reason is that the reason that it's thirty four and a half is because they're obviously worse. I'm tired of hearing how they're better because you've got like a bunch of more role players. Like, cool. You have a, you you just have more role players at the same level of your other as your other role players. Like, they're not going to really do that much for you. Especially when you're playing them at the wrong position. Like, you don't play KCP at small forward and, like, Kyle Kuzma at power forward. Like, no. I love Denny. I like Rui. Bradley Beal, you know, he's obviously awesome. But, and Daniel Gafford's a great center. You have too many centers, to be honest, but that's not really a problem. Gafford is awesome. Bryant, when he comes back, he's great. And Montrose Harrell, you know, regular season, like, he's a really good scorer. So, I I like most of their players, but I just don't think it's going to, Amount to a lot of regular season success. Uh, I'm going to go under. Like, 34.5 is, like, not, like, super high over-under, you know? But I just think they're going to be, like, a 30-33 to win team. And I think they're going to fall out of the plan. Like, they're just not going to be that good. Like, if you look at the year before, before they got Westbrook, which is Bradley Beal, if this page will ever load, the Wizards won 25 games. Yes, this team is better than that team. Are they 10 wins better than that team? Oh, that season was shortened, but still, like, are they? No, they're not. So, like, are they, like, six? No, they're they're, they're not that much better than that team. So, I'm going under for the Wizards, and I would do a recap for all the over-unders I just did, but honestly, I think I forgot them. So, I don't want to, like, go back and mess it up. But you can always, you know, write these down and clown me at the end of the season if you want. Uh, I will probably listen back to this and write these down or do a review next year. And it was nice to get back with our roots, you know, because originally when me and Matt started this pod before Matt kind of disappeared on me, uh, we did the over-under pod, and I think that pod was like almost two hours, I don't even know what our success rate was, because we never went back and looked, but that was really fun, and it's cool to do that, you know, on our one season anniversary, I guess, not one year, because that COVID year was so short, and started in December, super weird. But, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the over-unders. Sorry I didn't get to make that top 50 that I told you guys I would. I did get the top 10s for all the positions. Maybe we'll do a top 50 sometime during the season. But, yeah, I didn't really have the time to complete the list. Sorry about that. I will see you guys next time on the On That Star Off podcast.